May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts serve to draw us nearer and nearer to you, our rock, our strength, our redeemer. Amen. It is December 1999. I am a defiant teenager with some pretty serious problems. And though I have a warm place to go to, my mother's house, I choose not to. I have nowhere to go, I tell myself. There is no place for me. The sun sets and the real chill begins. I am ousted from several hotel lobbies and find myself just walking the streets for hours, trying to stay warm. My body gets so tired, it is so cold, so painfully cold. No toque, no gloves or winter boots. The dampness of the day has given way to the slick and unforgiving ice of night, and I walk, and I walk, and I walk. I walk until I can't walk anymore, and so I sit, and I believe that I'll surely die in this place, on this night. I am in both a literal and metaphorical dark night. I lie in the darkness with a heavy weight on my chest, waiting for a voice that does not come. This may be my story, but it is also the story of the people who were living in the age that Jesus was born into. What we don't hear in the story that was just demonstrated for us in loving, warm, and tender playfulness is its fearful and frigid setting. They didn't know what we know now. They didn't know how far and wide and long their story would be told. They knew waiting. These folks had been waiting, waiting for the light, waiting for their chain breaker, their liberator, their savior. And their night of waiting was certainly longer than mine. Already in the book of Leviticus, more than a thousand years before Jesus' story is this promise, I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. These are folks who've been living under oppressive rule as one tyrannical empire gave way to another, people who were not free, who had not been free for a very long time, a people who had been abused, enslaved, occupied, who had been moved about, taxed, and subjugated at the whim of whoever was in power. The cold and unforgiving night of waiting was long, seemingly endless. Hope was all but gone. And in the midst of this, we have two very real people. These are not the Christmas card versions of Mary and Joseph. No pristine clothing, no outline of gold, smiling at their cheerful and bouncing babe laid in clean straw surrounded by happy animals a pregnant teenager, and her determined beloved. They've just traveled about 40 miles on foot through hill country to a strange town where she goes into labor. Something is, that is challenging at the best of times, 
She goes into labor in a barn. And in the middle of the night, they are burst in upon by rough and dangerous shepherds smelling of wood smoke and sweat, looking for their baby. The true Christmas story is a bit of a mess. And the truth is, so are we. I cannot relate to a Christmas card, but I can relate to mistakes and burstings in and rough journeys. Like most of us here, I've learned through pain. On that icy December night of my youth, I was lost, I was broken, I didn't belong, and I was sure I was alone. But then, light. Soft and gentle at first. The pink and purple and orange peeking out between the dull gray buildings. I lifted my head and could not help but gaze at its beauty. And then, oh, that first sweet, warm ray of light touched my face, kissed my skin. I smiled in spite of myself. I did survive the long night. The thaw that I felt that night was not the end of my struggles. Surely struggle is part of what it means to walk around in skin, but it was a turning point. The beginning of the softening of my heart to what God could do, what God would do in my own life. Mary and Joseph's next days were undoubtedly not easy ones, and this wouldn't be the end of their sorrow. I wonder, though, if, looking into the wrinkled face of their little boy, they felt the warm rays of light the angels promised. I wonder if they couldn't help but gaze at his beauty. I wonder if they smiled with a new sense of hope in spite of themselves, in spite of the darkness that had been their reality for so very long. Now the truth is, the tremendous good news is that ours is a God of both the darkness and the light. Ours is a God of despair and joy. We celebrate a God who willingly enters into the darkness in order to bring in the light, in order to burst into light, in order to break down all barriers, all estrangements, all that separates us. But this chain breaker, this liberator, this savior does not enter the world as the mighty warrior folks had long expected, not as the noble and high-born prince wrapped in luxurious soft purple. Nope. He came as a backwater, marginalized Jew swaddled in rough scraps of cloth and placed in a feeding trough. Now I know, you can walk in these doors and you can see us happy people tonight or on a Sunday morning see our polished, shiny faces, sharing a hug, sharing a laugh, thinking that we don't know what it is to live through darkness through the most painful, sharp places of life. It might be easy to look around, look at me, look at anyone else here, and think we haven't struggled 
think we couldn't possibly relate to the suffering you feel. But we have known hurt. We know loss and hopelessness. We know the war within that decimates peace. Our hearts are often hardened to squeeze out love. For many of us, that's what brought us through these doors. We were thirsty for a hope, for a love that we could not muster on our own. And what we've come to know in this community, in this place of broken people learning to walk in love and light together, what we've come to understand is that darkness, despair, darkness is not the end of our story. We've felt these unexpected rays of light and warmth pierce through the bone-chilling night of isolation, addiction, disease, heartache, and suffering. And every year, we recognize and reconnect with this cycle, except now we know that the shadow doesn't have the last word. So in the weeks that lead up to Christmas, here in the church, we sit in the dark and we wait. We trust in and expect God's promises of hope, peace, joy, and love. And we celebrate on this day that God always comes through though rarely in the ways we want or expect. This is why we can have these pageants of messy, discombobulated joy, because we know the fullness of the meaning of this day. We know the love of God broke into the world in the midst of the animals and sorrow in a light that could not, would not, will not ever go away. And we can know Absolutely know, absolutely trust, absolutely celebrate, even in our darkest of days, that we are held in tender, compassionate love, surrounded by the womb of God. And the light that we never expected is ready to erupt into the world in a messy, vulnerable way that it will surprise and challenge us. And so on this night, I pray that we see this divine light with fresh eyes. That we might risk opening ourselves to the promise of this birth, whether for the first time, the hundredth time, or perhaps for the first time in a long time. And that we, each one of us, experiences the surprising presence of the one who shatters expectations and is already at work, transforming us, transforming the world in love. Amen.